Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he put beside the temple gate and the one called Beautiful Gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. See, nothing's changed. <laughs> Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood up on his feet, began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Boring church service, that service. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized that it was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement at Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. <coughs> I absolutely believe that God is wanting to move in our midst in a way that astounds us. Uh, I think it's a Planet Shakers song, I'm not sure, that says, uh, make me astounded is one of the, make me amazed. And it's just a fabulous song and it's just gripped my spirit. And, and as I looked at this, I thought, here's Peter and John. They're just going to church, so to speak, to a prayer meeting. Now, I reckon they need 10 out of 10 to start with because they're actually going to a prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting is usually the smallest group of people that ever get together in church, isn't that right? It's, it's, it's the one meeting where we quote a scripture so often. It's, 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 Lord, you said where there's two or three gathered together in my name, you're in the midst. It's like somewhere, you know, there's only three there. So we're hoping God's there. And, but here they are going to the prayer meeting. So they score 10 for me. Anybody else? You're going to the prayer meeting. Wouldn't it be great if every one of you went to the prayer meeting? Just imagine the change that would take place. Seriously, if we understood the power of prayer, the importance of prayer. I went through a season in my life where I thought, well, it's no use praying because nothing much happens, you know. And God had to really speak to me again about the importance of prayer, pressing in, pushing in. So they're on the way to the temple in the afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer meeting. And as they're approaching, this guy who's been there many, many days of his life, probably most of them, and he's begging. He's never walked. I don't know how that would be. Seriously, I think that would be a horrendous thing. Uh, to have happened to your life. He's never walked. It's not that he walked once and lost it, but from birth, he hasn't been able to walk. And he's there at Gate Beautiful. And it's interesting because I thought, okay, I need to understand if I'm a good student of the Bible, I need to understand which gate the beautiful gate was. So I did a bit of research and I found out something really interesting that most of the other gates in the temple were, were silver and gold laid. But Gate Beautiful was made out of Corinthian bronze. And I began to think, well, how come that's the most beautiful gate? How come that's beautiful gate if it's out of bronze and, and the rest are, are gold and silver? And the lady here that Zella just had a word for, God just spoke to me and he said, God's going to turn your garbage into gold. I'm not saying your garbage, but there's been garbage in your life and God's going to turn all that to gold, okay? And so here, here he is. He's outside this particular gate. And I studied the gate and it's actually made out of Corinthian bronze, but it was the largest gate of the temple. It took 20 men to open and close the gate. 
20 men. It was so thick, it was so heavy, it was very ornate. And so 20 men would every day come and they'd push that temple gate open to allow the people to access. And there at that gate is this man who is a cripple. And I thought, isn't that interesting how that we have this magnificent piece of man's best and then we have an example of man's total dependency upon God and inability to help themselves all in the same time frame. The disciples are walking past and one of the things here that I had never seen before was the fact Peter and John looked at him intently. Now when the guy sees Peter and John about to enter, he's asking for money. So Peter and John come and I hadn't ever seen that before that they looked at him intently. You know how you can read a passage and, and you read it one way but in your head it's saying something else? I always felt the guy who was lame looked at the disciples intently. But it wasn't. They looked at him intently. In other words, they looked at the guy with prophetic purpose pounding in their heart already. They didn't just look at him and think, oh, there's, there's another guy who can't walk. But they looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. And I thought, God, give me the ability, the faith to be able to say to people, hey, look at me. I have something to give you. You see, God wants each one of us as believers to understand who we are in Christ. The Bible says, Christ in me is the hope of God receiving glory. Not, not Christ in the pastor or the elder or somebody else, but Christ in me. That means there's the same power in you that it was in Jesus Christ. The same power in you that's in any of the leadership team. It's residing in you. And God wants us to change our personal paradigm that we are the answer. Now that sounds like heresy because I was always brought up in church that if you had any belief in yourself, it was sin and it was pride and it was ego. And God had to crush everything. And so you'd come before God like some kind of worm and you were totally understanding of all, all your unworthiness and God I can't do it and it's not me and there's no goodness in me and, and everything else and I remember getting up and preaching once because I thought it sounded very spiritual to let everybody know you're human you see so one particular service I got up and I said you know what I said you know I'm, I'm just human I'm just the same as you I have the same problems I have the same this I have the same that you know don't, don't look at me just look to Jesus and I'm thinking no I'm being really Spiro here oh I just looked at Jesus and God said don't you dare say that again I'm thinking like, what? He said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Act like it. You are a son of God. Act like it. And then I looked at Paul and Paul said, he said, follow me. He said, and I will lead you to Christ. Each one of us should be walking so that anyone in the neighborhood or our world in which we live in can follow us and be led totally to the throne of God, be totally led to the heart of God, the heart of the Saviour. That's how we're called to walk. But the devil doesn't want us to walk that way. The devil wants us to walk past the beautiful gate and say, well, you'd better call for someone else. I don't feel anointed today. They looked at him with intent. I believe God wants us as a church to begin to look at our communities with intent. We need to get up every morning with the attitude, I am here to bless you. I am God's gift to your world and I'm going to minister what I have. Because the Bible says, who's in me? Christ 
in me is God's hope of receiving glory. So if we don't walk in that realm, God doesn't receive glory. God doesn't receive any glory by us confessing everything we're not. God gets the glory when we confess everything we are in Him. Jesus was the firstborn amongst many brethren and with the other brothers and sisters. Part of the fam. Hallelujah. We're family. So these guys are walking into the temple. And they look at this guy intently. They're eyeballing the guy. So this guy's getting real excited. Man, I'm going to get a good offering here. This is going to be good. Peter says, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly expecting some money. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. What a deflatable thing to say to a beggar. Good night, mate. How are you going? Wow, shame you can't walk. Oh, well, be blessed and walk into the temple. The Bible says that we should never walk away from a situation that we can minister into without doing it. It says, don't say to someone, I'll be blessed, be fed, be anointed or whatever, and don't do anything about it when it's in your hand to do it. So every person that we come across, we have something to give them. Isn't that amazing? We have something to give them because Christ is within us. So he looks intently at the guy with intent. This guy's thinking, wow, what are you reading? Looks intently. <laughs> and he says, look at us. See, in the religious world, that would be called egotistical. In the religious world, that would be called bold, not faith, but like, who do you think you are, man? Just imagine if I walked in and I said, okay, guys, I'm here. It's all cool. I've arrived. You'd think, man, who does that guy think he is? But some of that attitude has to touch our spirit in a sanctified way or we will never fulfill the purpose of God. Something within us needs to grab what was in these guys' heart as they were going through. Look at me. Look at us. He says, I don't have any silver or gold. That sounds like a lot of preachers, doesn't it? <clears throat> I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. It's kind of like coming up and saying, well, what do you want, man? The money or the miracle? The money or the miracle? How many, how many know the miracle's better? So he's, he's wanting the money. He's wanting what will allow him to continue to live as he already is. But God was wanting to give him something that caused him to walk how he had never walked in his life. You see, we live amongst a generation who are crippled within their spirit and their heart and their being. They have never walked as the Creator has created them to walk. And you and I are the answer. You and I are the answer. Now, some of you are sitting there going through the same brain fry that I did when God started to talk to me like this because I was brought up differently. Don't think like that. Don't act like that. Don't confess that. Who do you think you are? Oh, it's not me. It's just God. Well, we know that already, Turkey, but at least live out of the God factor. Okay? Let's, let's agree together. It's not us. Give me a wave. Come on, every one of you, come on, flow with me here. Give me a, Okay, so we all agree it's not us, okay? 
give me another wave if you believe it's God. Fantastic. So we've settled that. That means every morning from now on, you'll get up and you'll walk like Christ in the earth. You'll plant both feet in the carpet and say, man of God's just got out of bed this morning. Look out, baby. <clears throat> oh, the devil's been giving me a bad week. Well, I'll turn around and give him a kick. It's the paradigm we live in. We need to live in a prophetic paradigm in line with the Word of God. What does the Bible say? Christ, the Son of the living God, lives in me. I I want to get into that place in the Holy Spirit. When I get out of bed, the devil goes, Oh no, Gary's awake again. Whereas some of us live like when we wake up, God says, Oh no, Gary's awake again. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? It's a different paradigm. You know, you can't have a bad day if you're walking in the Holy Ghost. We only have a bad day when we step outside of walking in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit isn't hormone produced. (laughs) My hormones are playing up. (laughs) Yeah, just imagine Peter and John. Mate, we'd love to help you, but we sat up to one o'clock in the morning talking. and, And we're tired, so tough luck. Maybe tomorrow. No, they're walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And they have the faith to say, look at us. You have a problem, look at us. See, everybody in the community should know if you have a problem and you want God, go to Hope Church. That's where God is. This is the house of God, isn't it? So who should be here? The God of the house. So we should have that kind of faith and conviction. Seriously, after the worship this morning, I think, how come there's an empty seat anywhere in the place? You guys need to start believing in who you are and what you have because it's awesome. You need to be talking to everybody about, wow, man. You know, people ask you, what did you do over the weekend? Wow, man, I met with God. They'll look at you like, what? Where'd you meet him? Man, in church. You should have been in our church, baby. It was awesome. We've got a great band. We've got great preachers. Well, except for this morning. No, I can't say that. I'm a... <laughs> I'd be healed. See, the old flesh comes back in. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If you're not excited about who God is in you, you'll never get anybody else excited. So he's going to say, hey, look at me. Look at me. Got a headache? Look at me. Want to change your hair colour? Look at me. No, no. (laughs) Send a grey, probably. Are you getting what I'm talking about? We don't need to send them anywhere else. I'll say it again. We don't need to send them anywhere else because Christ lives within me. We need to get to the place, you know. You got a headache? Come on, let me pray for you. That'll be the end of the headache. Oh, without shaking their head off and throwing them to the ground and stomping on them, you know. Jesus never did half the things Pentecostals do. Mind you, he did spit in someone's eye and say, a fafa, maybe we could start a fafa ministries. How many would like... How many would like, you know, not to wear glasses anymore? We're going to pray for them this morning. <laughs> Jesus did some weird and wild stuff, but he did it in the name of the Father. He knew where he had come from, knew where he was, and knew where he was going. How many could say yes to those three? I could say yes to probably two of them. The one on where am I going? I don't have a clue. I'm still waiting for some downloading. Anybody else? It's a journey. It's a journey. 
Look at us. The lame man looks at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. Listen, God has given you so much, give it away. See, we apply that to money. Given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Not like a cornflakes box. I mean, you look at the outward pack, you buy the biggest pack, you open it up, and then the cellophane bit's about two-thirds that height. And then what's in the cellophane pack's about two-thirds of the cellophane pack. We're getting ripped off. That's why they have to start putting how much you pay f- per weight, kilogram or whatever. And we need to understand that we have Christ within us. Christ within us. What I have, I give you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you, baby. Well, say he's talking to you, man. Okay, just if don't feel comfortable with that one. <clears throat> See, it's so easy to apply the word of God, to apply it to everybody else. It's really safe for me to preach what you should be. It's a lot harder to say, hey, man, this is who God has made me. I need to walk in it. The amen was so deafening. I'll, just <laughs> I'll give you what I have. See, the reason we're not giving away what we have is because we don't understand how incredible what we have actually is. Whew. Just imagine if you advertise Jesus Christ will be here in the flesh Sunday morning. I mean, just, just imagine that one, you know, we, we pray during the prayer meeting. We're two or three gathered together. I'm in the midst. If we actually believe that, we would all be early to church to start with. We would all bring someone else. Our whole paradigm would be different because we would be living out of a belief. God is in the house. I said God is in the house. Thanks for getting excited. God is in the house. Okay. So when we invite people along, it's to meet God. And God is awesome. I mean, how could you go through the worship this morning and not be touched by God? Man, I want to to sing that one about lightning and connection and everything before we go. I mean, I'm thinking like, wow, you know. And then we get into holy and I'm thinking, oh, I want to live holy now. I want to, oh man, the anointing on that song. It's like... You know, which song can I camp at? They're all just amazing and they're all touching our spirit. And yet if we're not careful, we can walk out of here without knowing and understanding what has actually taken place here this morning. Look at us. Look at us. What I have, you can have it. Not in my name, but in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. See, that's my safety factor. I'm not ministering out of Gary Watts. I'm ministering out of Jesus Christ. What I'm sharing this morning has come out of what God has been speaking to me about. I actually want to touch my world. I actually want to touch my world. Man, I drive past someone who's crippled up and in a wheelchair and I think, God, I just want to stop the car, jump out and pray for him and see him healed. You know, the only problem with that, one day God's going to say yes. One day I'm going to see that, my heart's going to go, Oh God. He's going to say, Well, do it then. Zell, did you hear God say anything to you? (laughs) No. Oh, I think he did. (laughs) 
what I have I give you. Get up and walk. See, now up until now, we could all do that. We could pray, in the name of Jesus, be healed. But if they jumped out of the wheelchair healed, we'd probably faint because we don't really expect it to happen. Isn't that right? You know, I remember a guy coming up to me at a camp and he dislocated his hand. His fingers were all over the place and kind of sticking out. He came up to me and it was a mess. His name was Rod. And uh, it was the old Beulah Heights camp. So I prayed for Rod. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Walked away. And God said, how dare you? I thought, what? He said, I want you to go back and pray like you're believing for me to do something. Rod. Come on, come back. I'll pray for you again. And I'm thinking. So I prayed and his hand went click, 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 click. And Rod fainted. Because <laughs> his whole hand came back to normal just like that. And I'm like. And I thought, I'm supposed to be. If it doesn't happen. You with me? So, so this is why Peter and John, they're going to the temple. They've been there plenty of times. They would have seen him before too. But this time. Look at me. See, now we can stop with get up and walk. That's the safe zone, isn't it? Walk in the town, be blessed, bro, peace, whatever. But this is what happens. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. I always understand that's another step of faith further than where most of us are comfortable, myself included. Who wants to grab someone by their hand, you lift them up and they fall flat in their face? I was actually in a meeting where that happened once, a great evangelist, he's dead now, but he prayed for this woman in a wheelchair and, and the images got and pulled her out of the wheelchair. She went, ah, splat. Those on the team stuck her back in the wheelchair. It was, oh, God will heal you during the week. You'll be fine. And I thought, oh, God. How many know my, what my oh God meant? Like, oh God, it's like, I want to see the real deal. And so to see the real deal means that we have to begin to take in the word of God to where it's touching our spirit. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up as he did. The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. See, we have been called to be healers to our community. Our world without Christ is not walking as the Creator designed. Without Christ, we're just stumbling through life, trying to discover what life is and why we're born. And, and even as Christians, sometimes we walk with a bit of a limp, don't we? We don't have it all together. You know, Zella and I had a little bit of intense fellowship this week. How many knows what that means? Because we're still walking it together, becoming one. Come on, let's get real, okay? Come on, it's a journey. And the devil wants to wipe us out because of our humanness instead of us understanding that heaven abides within us. It's the Christ in us. Grabs him by the right hand, helps him as he did. The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed. See, one of the things that needs to happen is we need to understand where we fit. Zella and I went swimming with the tuna. 
in Port Lincoln this year. We thought, we'll go swim with the tuna, we'll be brave. We won't go with the white pointers at this stage, but we'll do the tuna thing, okay? And so we go out on the boat, and we're going to feed the tuna. He's got this great big pen, and it's, and it's time for me to put on the wetsuit. The only problem was that we kind of were the last in the line, and most of the big wetsuits were gone. I don't know whether we've got the picture. And most of the wetsuits were gone, right? So they come to this one. There we go. And, and it's, it's a double-skinned one instead of a single-skinned one. And it took five people to squeeze me into this thing. Five people. I'm kind of glad it's black and the light's shining on it because you just can't see the bulges quite as... But I'm, but I'm kind of... I'm squashed into this thing and they've, they've zipped me up and they've kind of got me there. And, and that grin is actually like, I'm going to die. That's, that's what the grin is about. It's not, oh, this feels good. This is, I'm going to die. I can't breathe. I'm going to swim with the tuna. <laughs> goodbye, world, goodbye. Because I was trying to squeeze into something that wasn't made for me. <laughs> huh? Oh, dear. I look pretty good, I reckon. So Zella's holding the middle part in. She's pushing... <laughs> You notice that? She's pushing, she's pushing that part in. She's saying, honey, just take a deep breath. I go, she's pushing it in and they're taking the photo. <laughs> you think I'm joking. <laughs> so it was an interesting experience because I was uncomfortable in the environment. Then the next thing we did is we jump in with the tuna and I haven't been snorkeling for a long, long, long time since Adam was a boy. So I put on everything and I stick my head under the water and go to take a breath. My brain went, you can't breathe underwater. So here I am with my head underwater. I've got the snorkel and everything. My, my brain's saying, don't take a breath, you're going to die. <laughs> and so I, here I am, I'm thinking, no, don't breathe. <sighs> you need to breathe. <sighs> and, and, and for a while it's like I'm, I'm going through this real trauma because I'm breathing underwater. You are not meant to breathe underwater. And then suddenly I'll get used to the environment I'm in. I'll get used to what I'm clothed in. I'll get used to what my life source is. And it's the same as believers. We need to get used to what we're clothed in. Because what we're clothed in fits. Right? It's not like being on the end of the line in the tuna farm and you get what's left. Everything is made designer label just for you. Your anointing fits you. What God has clothed you in fits you. And it's right. And then he'll launch you into an environment that's a little different. Back into the world to touch the world. And you'll have to begin to breathe differently and trust that air's coming through and understand that you've moved from the natural world into the spiritual world. I moved from a natural land-breathing mammal into suddenly becoming, you know, the blimp. <laughs> and so I had to... I had to change and understand and have faith for my environment because I was clothed right. I had gloves on. I had shoes on. I had the breathing apparatus. And suddenly I'm alive in an environment that is unnatural to me. And that's often the way we feel with the supernatural. It's unnatural to me. But you know what? It's not. You were born for the supernatural. You were born for the supernatural. That's who you are. You've been born again supernaturally. You're a part of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We heard this amazing testimony during the week 
about this person that was in church and just didn't believe in God. You know, the, I, I was the brother of Jerry Savelle, wasn't it? I think, something like that. Anyway, the story was really kind of interesting. And, and the person there had had a glass eye and Jerry Savelle prayed and the eye became a real normal seeing eye. And, and the brother said, now I believe in God. <laughs> See, I'm just crazy enough to believe God wants to do that again. Okay, I'm just crazy enough to believe if God's done it once, he can do it again. He can raise the dead, give sight to the blind, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, man alive. I'm looking forward to a coffin where in the middle of the service, suddenly they sit up and say, you're talking about me. Because <laughs> God still raises the dead. Have I seen it? No, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Anyone else? So it's moving by faith. It's beginning to move in the realm by faith, looking at the possibilities. Look at me. Bang, you're healed. You're healed. Jumps to his feet, runs around, leaping. Yahoo! Hey, when stuff like that happens, you get excited, don't you? Some of you are looking at your clock and you'll be quite excited when I finish preaching. <laughs> what I have. I give you what I have, what I have. You have him. You have the Holy Spirit. You have God. You have the anointing. God's your father. Whew. That revelation hits you. You get up of a morning and walk a little different down the street. You know, isn't that real? Just imagine if the full understanding of sonship hit us. Get up in the morning, walking down the street. Where am I? Croydon. Walking down the street. My town. <laughs> you got that attitude. My town. My town. My dad owns this. Part of the family. It's my town. See, God wants us to have that attitude to our town, our city, our street. Begin to pray up and down the street sometimes. Just begin to walk say, my street. This is my street. God put me here. This is going to be a God street. I've got to say the street's saved.